You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Today, a little bit about uh, what God's been showing me and talk about being face to face with Him. Uh, that is my theme face to face. And face to face looks different in a lot of different ways. We even talked about Moses' face to face today, but um, <clears throat> God, that's all I want. Right. I mean, when I realized many years ago that that was possible, everything changed. It's all I wanted. Right. I would read the scriptures. I would say them over and over and say, God, if you can do it for them, you can let me be face to face. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Um, This Christmas, I've got a Christmas present from the Lord. I get one every year from him. He gives me all kinds of stuff. It just goes on and on and on and on. And it takes me all year. In fact, years, I will go back and look at him and say, oh, I forgot all about that part of the Christmas present and remind myself. But one of the things he told me was that we, and this is a gathering, and it's really a corporate church word too, but we as the gathering are about to go through a metamorphosis. And there's a lot of definitions for metamorphosis, but uh, here are the two that I'm going to use to talk today. It's a major change in appearance or character of someone or something being transformed. And this is what he said to me. The prep work has been done. We are battle ready. The angelic is with you and the assignment is clear. Follow me. That assignment is as clear as mud. Follow me. (laughs) We understand what he's saying. Follow me. But what that looks like in the following, and I talked about a little bit this on Friday night at at our outpouring, is it really is the training, which we are battle ready in this, the training of learning to move as the spirit moves with no preparation at all. Our preparation is our relationship with God that brings us in to the moment where he says, now, now, this is what we're going to do. When the worship started on Friday night, Jeannie and I both looked at each other and like, we are electric. We are ready. We have no preparation because he has told us he will not tell us ahead of time what he's going to do. But as soon as the worship started, the spirit fell and we both looked at each other and are we going to sing a song or should we just go, you know? Because God had, he was just ready. He was just ready. And people came ready. And that's, that's a big part of it. When you come ready and come expectant and come knowing, then you're going to get something. Because you've purposed in your mind that something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. So, um, so that was the, one of the words that the Lord gave me at Christmas as we move forward. And then a couple of weeks ago, about a week ago, I took a nap. And it is a dream season. Is anybody else having lots of dreams? It is a dream season. It's like I go through times where I have dreams every so often, and then the light switch flips, and I have dreams every night, sometimes a couple times a night. I had a big dream last night. I'm like, ugh. But uh, about a week ago, I had a dream, maybe two weeks ago. I took a nap. Um, 
I do take naps whenever I can. Amen. Yeah, amen. amen. There's nothing wrong with some people are nap people who are nap people. And then some people are like, if I sleep during the day, I can't sleep at night. Who are those? We're all just a little, just a little, we're all just a little bit different. I'm a nap person. I can sleep anytime, anywhere. I took a nap yesterday morning at 1030. I did. I was tired by the time we got to bed uh, Friday night after the outpouring. It takes a while to unwind. It takes a while to debrief, to all this kind of stuff. So we went to bed at 1130. Now, for some of y'all that you're just getting started good. For me, it's almost time for me to get up. So I'm just like, so I got up and I went to go for a run in the park. I'm sitting in the park. I'm doing the worship music for today. And um, it starts raining. I'm like, yeah, I'm just not up to enduring the rain to go for a run. So I went back home. And Chuck said, you ready to go? We're going to go run some errands. I'm like, yeah, no, I got to go back to bed. So I went back to bed for a while. Got up at 1230. Then I took another nap at 4 and got up at 630. I'm like, yesterday was, yeah, there's a revival in my house. I am sleeping. So anyhow, that is completely off the subject. But I dreamed about the church, about us. And uh, like I said, I think this is more of a corporate word for the church, but it is for us too. I dreamed that I was praying over my kids. My kids were at church and we all went out in the spirit. And the weight of the presence of the Lord was so heavy that Matt came and helped me up. And I couldn't even open my eyes because the presence was so heavy. And him and Pastor Gene got up and started prophesying over people. And uh, as I got up to go with them, the two front rows in the church were turned around and they're like, we want to prophesy too. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And then the whole church stood up and said, we're going to prophesy too. And they came running forward, running forward. I was like, go ahead, start prophesying over each other. And what it was to me was a sign of really what Matt just said. This is a sign of what's coming. There's an army of the Lord that is raising up. There are people that I'm no longer going to sit on the, on the row. Whatever row you sit on doesn't matter. I'm jumping up and I'm jumping in the middle of what God is doing. That is what we're looking at. We are seeing a dynamic shift in the body of Christ in engagement. And yes, we can say, well, we see that some that aren't. Big deal. I'm not worried about those who aren't. I'm worried about what God's doing, what he's doing in us, what he's doing in this house and the houses that we're associated with, what he's doing across the world for, you know, for uh, Katerina to get up at, you know, 1.30 1.30 in the morning so she can do the Bible study and go to MII classes. There is hunger in this world for a move of God. And that's where we are. And that to me is what excites me. And I see all the news and I go through and be not today, Satan, not to say, oh, I'm going to release Jesus over this one, release Jesus over this one. It does not consume me. It provokes me. It just provokes me. It just makes me mad. And sometimes I'll just take my finger and I'll put it on my iPad because I don't read any. I don't watch the news either. Oh, heaven forbid we. But I put it on there and I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) The blood of Jesus over that. Okay, I've prayed. I'm moving on. (laughs) And sometimes he'll bring it back. But that's what I feel like. We are. It is so exciting because there is power and unity and strength. And what is happening. And, and God is stirring up 
a people. It's like, you know, you can call it the army of Joshua, the army of Gideon. You can call it whatever you want. But God has a unity of people that are willing to do whatever it takes to transform and battle the demonic. And it's working. Watch the headlines. I know I said this last week, but every time I see a headline come across of the Supreme Court, you know, did this and the Supreme Court did that. I'm like, Lord, there's victory in the wings. I see victory in the wings. And for me, every victory is a sign of God's defeat over the enemy's plan to destroy us. So we're in a momentum victorious season. And we understand, we talked about that. Gene talked about that not too long ago. We understand that momentum shifts, right? Um, I told you, some of you guys, I played my first round of uh, tennis, competitive tennis Tuesday. It was 44 degrees. And uh, we played two and a half hours, which will tell you that the momentum shifted back and forth. Otherwise, we would have played an hour and I'd be one and done at home. But it didn't. It shifted. The first set, we had the momentum, and it was going. It was going. The second set, we're, we're almost done with it. We're winning. And suddenly, the momentum shifted. And they began to win. And, and they began to win. And then they won another game. And then I'm like, crud. <laughs> but what you have to do, they, we ended up playing three sets instead of two. It should have been two sets, but we played three sets because the momentum shifted and they capitalized on the momentum. Right. But what we have to understand, even when we see a momentum shift, we have to do what we know. We declare. We pray. Uh, you know, in tennis, uh, there's one thing I do if I get a little off, I, it's and the ball's coming to me, throw. I'm throwing the ball back. And it's just to get your rhythm back. It is when the momentum shifts and it looks like the enemy's got a little headway, we have to go back to what we know. We have to go back to what did the words say? What's the prophetic word for me? What, what did God tell me about this? God, what do you want to tell me about this? And not that the opponents were our enemy, maybe. But now we've played them before. They're a lot of fun. But, but the momentum shifted and we had a choice of, allowing them to keep the momentum or to go back to the foundation so we could win. And we did, of course. Of course, you know, like <laughs> it's not a given. I'm telling you that. <laughs> but, you know, think about it. It's just a simple analogy, but just think about it. How many times where you think you've, you've got this going, got this going, got this going, then all of a sudden what you're doing isn't working. The choice is we can give up. Or we can press in to what we know works until our rhythm gets back, until we get back on top of the game, back on top of the victory that we need. So momentum is a big thing uh, that we have to remember. It does shift. We want everything to be perfect and go perfect all the time. I do. Because then I'm always prepared because it's always perfect. But it just doesn't work that way. So anyhow. So I want to talk, uh, like I said, I'm going to talk a little bit about being face-to-face. And, uh, you know, um, but first we're going to sing to a new song that we have. And Oh, so um, remember I said our assignment is to follow God. And uh, one of the things, like I said, that's been like a, a core thing with me is I want to know you, God. I want to know you better than anything. I want you to be a friend. And we're going to go to Exodus 33, and I'm going to build a case 
for us being face-to-face. So some of these scriptures are going to be very familiar to us, but it is going to come with a conclusion to it. Exodus 33, 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. I want the Lord tapping me on the shoulder like a friend to a friend, face to face. You know, it's interesting. I was, uh, Chuck and I were talking on the way up and um, we were talking about this a little bit. And, you know, we've been married 42 years. Hallelujah. So uh, we know each other. Right. You know, we've moved all over the country. We've had kids. We, we've, you know, we've done everything, but we know each other. Like I can always tell what he's up to because I know him. I can always tell, you know, when he, he, he is a fanatic about his garage. It has to be spotless. Don't you? Right. If you come to our house, our garage is spotless. So yesterday, um, I'm like, what are you doing? I got to go work in the garage. Well, there's really no work to be done except for cleaning it again. But he is fastidious about that. He just is. And he's, a, he's like that about everything. He likes his space nice and clean. I know him. So uh, if I leave stuff laying around, honestly, he will never say a word. He'll just pick it up and put it where it belongs. And part of it is I leave it laying around, not because I'm trying to aggravate him. It's because mentally it doesn't mean anything to me. If my shoes are by the front door, I'll eventually get them. Actually, when I take them off, I never think to pick them back up because I don't see them. <laughs> I'm done with them. They're somewhere else. I'm doing something else. But, but he will just pick it up and put it back in place because I am not trying to instigate something And he's not trying to make me be someone I'm not. We are friends, among other things. But, uh, but what is interesting is that's the kind of friendship God wants to develop with us, where we know him so well that we just know when he's about to move, that we just know that whatever's facing us, he has an answer for us. He's not keeping it from us. He's holding it until we get ready to hear. Yeah. You know, it says it's the glory of, of kings. It's glory of God to conceal a thing yeah. and the glory of kings to seek a thing out. Yeah. God holds things for us until we get ready to receive it, to dig it up. That's the kind of friendship he has with us. Let's just read a couple more scriptures. Uh, Numbers twelve six. And like I said, I just went through and picked a few. I remember the first time I read this, I was like, no, really? This is possible? It says, uh, then he said, the Lord, hear now my words. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream, but not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful. In all my house, I want to be faithful. I want to be known. Don't you want to be known as faithful in all of God's house? I speak with him face to face. 
even plainly, yeah. not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of God. And then he goes on and says, then why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? He speaks to Moses face to face. Yes. That's what I want. Not in dark sayings. And we'll see that as we look at a couple other scriptures, that all that Moses had is available to every one of us. All that he had. Let's go to John 15, 14. Like I said, I'm building a case. I'm building a case because we're going to go somewhere with this. And you're like, I know all these scriptures. I'm like, good. <laughs> good. Uh, Matthew 13, 11. Sorry, I, sent, I went to John. Oh, there it is up there. It says, he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. To us as believers, we have been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. We've been given that. Yeah. We carry that. And in, in, uh, on further down, it talks about how others long to know what we know. They long to know it. And whether we know it all in that very moment, we may not even know what we know until we need it. And then God releases it. And then all of a sudden we have a knowing of a mystery of the kingdom of God that has been hidden from whoever we're releasing it to because they didn't know him. Right. We know we know. Say, I know. I know the mysteries. They've been given to me. Think about that. Okay, one, a couple more. John 15, 14 through 17. So here is the fulfillment of Moses' being a friend of God by the mouth of Jesus. It says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for servant does not know what his master is doing. But we know. We know what the master is doing. Right. Because it says right here that uh, I have called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father. I have made known to you. Yeah. Yeah. So our longing to be friends with God face to face has been fulfilled by Jesus, accepting him, becoming believers. And we, in that believing moment, become friends of God yeah. as we follow what he tells us to do. So not only are we friends to friends, I mean, friends to God, not only do we know the mysteries of the kingdom, not only do we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit living in us, but we have the breath of heaven being given to us to be released on what we face in front of us. And I know that this has been a theme over the last probably two years for us is that we carry the solutions of heaven for every face, every problem to be faced. Right. And, you know, we may not, you know, sometimes when we ask God for an answer, that answer may not come immediately, 
But that doesn't change the fact that God has an answer that he's going to reveal to us. Sometimes he gives it to us in little pieces that we start putting together and then we end up with a fullness of an answer for it. But we have to be patient and listening to what he's given us so we're able to put those things together. Sometimes when we ask for things, it's funny, uh, I have it in my journal, I think it was 2017, we were still living up here, and I've shared this before, I told the Lord I wanted to pay our house off. I just wanted to. I didn't know how we were going to do it, um, and I didn't, you know, give him a deadline. I just said, I want to pay our house off, and I know what your word says, and I just keep believing. I would speak the word over it, speak the word over it. Well, we sold our house up here and moved down there and moved to downtown St. Pete, which we just discussed is a very expensive place to live, and uh, we ended up paying a lot more for our house than we had planned to pay, uh, but I just kept saying, God, I know this is not what we had planned, but you gave us the yes on this house. We bought it. I want it paid off. So increase whatever you need to do. Now, we did not get a check in the mail the next day to pay the house off. We didn't. But two years later, God said, pay your cars off. Okay, so we paid our cars off. But I was like, God, remember, my end goal is not my car, my house. He's like, pay your cars off. So we paid both of our cars off. I think it was like in February at the same time. Um, and then October, we paid our house off. And it wasn't like we didn't work hard because we were, we both work hard. It wasn't like we got a hundred thousand, $200,000 in the mail. But what it was is God increased. God sent checks in the mail. Like we just declared unexpectedly. God gave people who wanted to give us cash and, and suddenly there was an accumulation, and God said, now, pay your house off. Right. And we were like, well, we weren't going to pay it off. To no, you just go ahead and do it now. Right. And, and there is, you know, it is the knowing that God will supply all of our need, that whatever we ask for, he will give us. And it's that knowing that there is a oneness with God that allows him to work in our lives in ways that we haven't even expected. Uh, we were talking about yesterday, Chuck and I were talking about yesterday. We would have never guessed that this would be where we are, that our kids would be doing what they're doing. You know, we didn't have a plan for that when we got married, you know, and lived in Tennessee way back in the woods. Chuck decided we were farmers and bought a, a cabin and 14 <laughs> acres, a, a city farmer's. So the Mennonite family would come over and scrape our road because we couldn't get out. We would have, Chuck bought me knee boots. I'm from Atlanta. If I'm wearing boots, it's not because there's mud outside. He bought me knee boots and we would park our car about a half a mile from our house at the top of the road and have to walk up there at seven o'clock in the morning to get to work in the mud. And as you walk, you know, your boots slide off. Yeah. Yes, because we decided we were farmers. Yeah, farmers. And uh, it was good times. But you know what? At one point, he put two by fours, two two by fours down for me to drive my car over the bridge that had washed away. 
I trust my husband, obviously, implicitly. <laughs> now, when we were being farmers up in Tennessee, we had no idea we'd be city people living downtown St. Pete. But through that space of time, you know, hard times. There was one time we were talking about housing. There was one time that we didn't have a place to live. We moved out of the one place. All of our furniture was in a moving truck. I was at work. Chuck was in the car with my two kids. They were babies at the time. And my mother, who was sick that we were taking care of, calling me every five minutes. Did we get approved for that house yet? Did we get approved to rent that house? I'm like, not yet. My boss is yelling at me because I'm taking personal calls. Finally, after they sat in the car probably two hours, we finally got the approval. So we were in a little bit of uh, uh, empty space. We were living out of Chuck's car for a couple hours. Now, I know people have lived out of their cars, so I, I'm not taking off on that. But what I'm saying is sometimes things aren't what you think they're going to be, but God is always who he says he is. And he always is with us in those times. So anyhow, we believe the scriptures we just read, right? Yes. We believe them. And one of the things, I told you guys I'm taking this class and it started, one of the things uh, they talked about was there is where we believe it with our head. We believe what we, what we just read. Right. But when it is challenged, our emotions, our response may not agree with what we've said we believed. And it's not because we don't believe God. It's because there's still some transformation of who God... I couldn't hear what you said. Siri is not, not able to understand the word. We'll get her saved later. <laughs> Seriously. But, um, but you know, there's, there's a point where there's theology and there's the manifestation of God. And sometimes our theology is an intellectual journey. But our theophany is what brings theology into a spirit life. Into a spirit life. And I have both. I definitely have a theology. I, de I mean, I was trained, you know. If you've gone through ministry school and gone through all these hoops, you, you definitely have a theology. But I also have the relationship with God where when I, my theology is challenged, then my encounter, my experience, my oneness with God is what has to supersede the challenge. Right. We have to take the word and lay it across what is challenging what the word says. You know, 2 Corinthians 10 says that we take every thought captive that sets itself up against God. And that's what we have to do. And part of that is our journey that we're going through. We're, they, they call it, um, they didn't really talk about it in the manifestation, but they call it we, that we have to forge new neuropathways that go to God first and to the intellect second that God has the answer. We did this funny little exercise. Um, it was an activation. They said, okay, there's, ask the Lord what your intel leader had for breakfast. So they had five intel leaders there, and mine's name was Bianca. And I'm asking the Lord, you know, okay, what did Bianca have for breakfast? 
and I got uh, eggs and eggs and a bagel. And she said, I didn't have anything but coffee. Well, in, I forgot to tell this part. They're in the midst of moving me to a different intel group, but they hadn't given me it yet. So one of the intel group leaders said, I had eggs and toast. And I told the Lord, I said, he's my new intel group. Well, I got the notification together today that he is my intel. I'm like, oh, God, that is fun. But then they did this other activation. Who am I? And they had all these questions we were supposed to ask the Lord. So I'm asking the Lord, you know, all these questions, and, and uh, I hardly got any of them right. All I got was they had dark hair. That's all, all the rest of the things that I wrote down were wrong. And, uh, but part of that is, is they're, they're trying to train us to lean into the space of God, our relationship with God, who, who we are in Christ, who he is in us, so that we can make these neural pathways straight to him as opposed to going through an intellectual process or even an emotional process to determine what we hear from him. Does that make sense? So uh, it's funny, you know, this is definitely going to push me and uh, because I keep saying, you know, I don't want anyone to worry about being wrong. Well, how is it everything you wrote down was wrong that you're not going to worry about being wrong, right? Because that's the way we're trained. We're trained, right? X, wrong. Teacher will tell us, right? We missed that one. But, but, we, but is this journey of learning how to, for all of us, how to hear that face-to-face encounter with God, how to receive and be a listening people. How many times when you listen to someone, you've already prepared what you're going to say to them. So you've listened kind of, but in the process of your kind of listening, you've got your, you've got your answer or you've got your rebuttal or you've got whatever it is. Part of our training in this season is just listening and doing and checking out of our intellectual and our emotional uh, filters that go before our spiritual filter with God. It's fun, isn't it? It's fun, isn't it? Uh, you know, when we were, uh, Bob Jones, who has passed away now, he's a prophet, very accurate prophet. Uh, he, I remember when he, I heard him talk about this, probably, it's probably been 10 years, maybe 15 years ago. But he said, the blue matter inside of us the spirit-to-spirit connection that we carry has always got to be the lead. Then everything falls behind it. Our intellect, our emotions, all follow the lead of the Holy Spirit leading our spirit. That face-to-face with God that we live in. When we think of face-to-face, we think of this. But face-to-face with God is a... a, uh, I don't even know what the right word is. We know that we all encounter God in different ways, in different manners. Right. We may get a vision here. We know he's talked to us. We may have a heavenly encounter. We, we may have a, a smell that comes through us and we just know it's God moving on us. We may have a tingle on our hand and we know that God is activating us to do something. I mean, it comes in a lot of different ways, yeah. a lot of different ways. And just learning to tap into the way of God 
each day as we go. It's kind of like white water rafting. We were talking about that in our couples group. Have anybody been white water rafting? Okay, quite a few of us. So we went, we took all our family, we went uh, to the Ocoee, and that's where they did the Olympics. So it was a 3-4 rapid, which is kind of midway, the highest is six, which I'm sure you die if you go on those. I wouldn't go on those. (laughs) But anyhow, so we, you know, so we go on these, in these rapids, and it starts out nice and easy. And you just cruising along, enjoying the sun. Then it gets a little rougher, and they're like, get the oars out and start paddling, start paddling. Then you hit uh, the one we went to. They had Hell's Hole and Power. Um, So, you know, and then it starts swirling, and then you have to hang on for dear life and not hopefully not lose everybody out of the raft while you're paddling at the same time. Really, when you think about that, that's kind of an analogy of life. You know, everything's going great, everything's smooth, all that kind of stuff. Next thing you know, it starts getting a little rough. Our oars is the Word of God. Our oars are the face-to-face encounter. You know, those are the things that keep us steady, that keep us from going into the, you know, they have those things where there's rocks on both sides and your raft literally gets stuck in there because there's like a, a whirlpool pulling you down, sucking you down. But it is the word of God that we take our oar and we push off of the rock so that we don't get trapped in the whirlpool trying to suck us down, into hell's hole trying to suck us down. And then when you hit the the hard parts, it's that face-to-face. It's that I'm taking what I believe and I'm making it become alive in my spirit. So that when I hit these hard places, then I know that this is the word of God that is being challenged. That I believe in my head, but I don't have it in my spirit. This is the word of God that's being challenged. So I have got to go back to that face-to-face, to to that one-to-one, that intimacy with God, and let him move it from my head to my heart. Move it from my theology to my theophany, where there's an encounter with him in this that makes the word of the Lord alive. And sometimes it's just going back through what God has done for us and reminding ourselves that he has stood up, he has shown up, he has provided, he has done things that we never would have expected, and it is building that momentum that, that a journey with God like Moses had. Every, every person we go back and read their story within Scripture, every person, they face challenges, they face the enemy, they face discouragement, they face uncertainty, and then they face God. That's, that overrode, that took away all of those things that were trying to still their journey, still their path, still their destiny. And so as we kind of finish this up, I want to share this book with you, and I would encourage you guys to get it. It's called Spiritual Intelligence. It's by Chris Vallotton. And uh, the, uh, it's, it's, uh, he talks about the art of thinking like God. It's a really good book, and it talks a lot about this. But the thing that God wants us to learn is how to be face-to-face, friend-to-friend with him. Because he's already that for us. 
He's already said that we're his friends. He already said that he's, he's revealed the mysteries to us. He's already said who he is. I am who I say I am. I am provider. I am healer. I am savior. I am father. I am king. I am with you. I am teacher. I take the things from heaven and I give them to you. I reveal the mysteries of the Father. We read that last week, 1 Corinthians 2. It says the Spirit takes the things of the Father and reveals them to us. That we know things that no one else knows because of the Spirit living within us. We are face-to-face people that live with a face-to-face God. That provides everything that we need in the timing that is perfect. And sometimes we have to wrestle to keep the enemy from stealing what God is just about to provide and not give up at the very 11th, 59 hour because God's going to be there at midnight for us, right? So uh, I just want to close with this. God is so good to us. He is so good to us, and he has so much more for us. Um, It is Philippians 4, I believe it's 16, or somewhere in there. We'll we'll know when we get there, right? I have it somewhere. I just forgot where I put it. Is that what I have, Noah? Three, okay. Yeah, 316, sorry about that. That's actually not the scripture I wanted. Hang on a second. I knew that didn't sound right. Oh, that's because I'm in Colossians. I'm like, that, that, does not, that is not what that word says. <laughs> Unless I forgot what I remembered or thought I remembered. There we go. Now we're in the right chapter. No, I, I was looking in Colossians. You've got it right, Noah. Thank you. That actually is not what I'm trying to read. It is good. I'll read it, and then I'm going to find what I want to read. It's all good. The word is good. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained it, let us walk by the same rule, and let us be of the same mind. Yes. But I'm going to read this one, and I know you know where it is, so uh, find it. (laughs) I've got it written down here, but I, I don't know. It must be four. Anyhow, let me just read it. We're going to quit guessing. Okay. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected. We understand that this is a journey that we're on. Close. But I press on that I lay hold of that which Christ has also laid hold of me. So it's already been laid hold of. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal 
for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We don't live in what is behind. We aren't held by the past, by the mistakes, by the failures, by the should have, could have, would have. We are not held by that. His mercies are new every single morning, every single morning. So Christ has laid hold of us and our journey is to lay hold of him. And I keep thinking of that woman who wasn't going to let go until she got a hold of him. That's how I feel. I'm the one every morning that's like, are you ready? (laughs) He's like, I've been waiting all night. (laughs) But I do. I wake up every morning and I'm like, I cannot wait to be with you. I cannot wait to see what you have for me today. I cannot wait to read the word and grab a hold of who you are and what you've got. I cannot wait to see your face this morning. I cannot wait for the word to saturate me and change me and awaken me. I cannot wait. I keep a whole, uh, a whole separate journal of just every day when the word speaks, I write it down and I handwrite it because something about handwriting it and then I underline it and then I highlight it. Then I say it over and over. Then I'm like, God, what else do you want to show me? I cannot wait every day. And then as I go through my day, I'm talking to him all day long. I'm like, okay, God, what about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? He's like, oh my gosh. But I just want to know. I mean, I want to know when I go to my client's office, I'm like, okay, Lord, this is what we're going into. So you just help me figure out what do you have for them? What is it you love about them that you're about to accelerate them in, that you're about to resolve their issue in? What do you have? Because I want to agree with what you've got planned. So there is prosperity in what you're doing. There is freedom. There is deliverance. There is whatever you got. I want it. I'm serious. I wake up every day. I'm like, I cannot wait, God. I woke up this morning around 337. I'm like, I'm telling you right now, it is too early. (laughs) And I do tell him that sometimes. (laughs) And then at 348, I'm like, it's really not that early. because I just couldn't stand it. I woke up this morning so excited to be with God this morning. I just couldn't wait. And I was like, what shall we read first? And I have this little um, uh, prayer thing I'm doing. So I was reading that. I was like, that's good. So what else do you have? Because I feel like he's got so much. And if I just make room, I can have what he's got. Because that's what his word says. That's what his word says. And whatever I have to face, he's got a solution. And I may not have the answer to that solution immediately, but I know, I am confident. By the time I need the answer, I will have it. By the time I need to release whatever needs to be released, it will be there. It was just like Friday night. You know, we got so excited because... What he had, we, we just downloaded to us, and then we run over each other trying to figure out how do we get it released. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel like with God. It's like, ah, yes. 
We can't wait, God. And, and that is what is moving amongst the body is that hunger, that excitement, that, that uh, willingness to give up sleep or whatever it is so that we have more time with him. That willingness to say, I'm not sitting on the back row. I want to prophesy too. I'm going to give a word. I have something that God's pouring into me. That willingness to release what God has put in you, what he's hidden for the moment for you to be released in this time to break open heaven on earth for that situation. We have it. He's going to do it. And there's more to come. There's more to come. I, I just, like I said, I'm forgetting about yesterday. And I'm pressing into tomorrow because he's got a hold of me and I got a hold of him. And uh, (laughs) it's a lot of fun, isn't it? Right, guys? Amen. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. Our prayer is we want more. Our prayer is, God, we got a hold of you. (laughs) If you guys will stand. Oh, God, we just thank you that uh, even as Pastor Gene released today, we are just uh, forgetting what's trying to hold us back. And we're moving in to, to what you have for us. And, and Lord, I was even thinking, you know, we don't have to grab a hold of you because you live in us. You reign over us. We've, we are not only endued with power, we're filled with your presence. Your word says that we are seated in heavenly places hidden in Christ that the mysteries have been revealed to us for the purposes to be released in that ordained time. God, you are giving us signs and wonders that are breaking down the principalities and the demonic strongholds that have come up against us and our families and our region and our country and our world. God, we see the victory that occurs every single day. And so, Lord, we're just saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We want more. We want more of you. We want a clear neural pathway, spirit-driven ability to hear and to see and to step into the wonder of who you are. And to use all that you've given us to bring forth life. Life to our family, life to our community. So God, we just thank you that our more is answered with a resounding yes. That you do not restrain or hold back. You pour out and flood. So God, just like those overfilled water bottles splash all over us, Saturate us. Fill us. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I just really sense him kind of moving on us, uh, just moving on us this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Yeah, thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. I just feel the weight of his presence. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord. You see the bubbling up, the bubbling up of him and us. And everybody has that bubbling different. Some have joy, <laughs> you know, like, like being tickled. <laughs> Some have this, uh, I just see these faces like flint toward the Lord. They will not be moved. They will not be... Uh, uh, they won't be, uh, it's like that weevils wobble, but they don't fall over. They will not wobble. They will not fall over. There's just a flint toward the Lord. And I just see him releasing visions into certain people, just visions. Thank you, God. Words. so funny I just see the Jesus standing there and he's turned around and he's smiling and he's saying run with me run with me run with me and he takes off running and you know it's like um, it's in a field but it's like kids in a playground when one starts running they all start running so Jesus we just run after you we follow you we just say yes to your path we, we just are, are not willing to go any way but all the way all the way with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We'll just stay here for a minute and just let him soak us <laughs> and enjoy him. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Ooh. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Lord, we just thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we love you so much. We love your presence. We love your flowing over us, in us, through us, Lord. We just love you. Holy, holy God. Holy God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For touching us, for healing us, for hiding things in us for later. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I feel like he's giving little gifts to some of you, too. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Woo. Thank you for your encounter, Lord. <laughs> and for loving us so deeply. Amen. 
Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.